What's going on everybody and welcome back to the Out of Water podcast hosted by myself, Frankie O'Reilly. How you doing? Uh, today it is Tuesday the 16th of February 2021 um, and dare I say it's a bit warmer than it has been. It has perked up a little bit today. Um, it's a bit warmer out there. I remember going out, um, taking the pooch for a walk last week and it was absolutely stone cold, Steve Austin cold, freezingly ridiculously cold yeah it was it was horrific um so much so that when i was doing water changes i was nearly brought to tears it was that cold it was absolutely freezing um so i am quite relieved that it has kind of um perked up a little bit so yeah it is a bit warmer today but anyway how is everybody doing how you been how's your week been what have you been up to my inbox has been um eerily quiet in regards to the podcast so i hope you're all doing good out there um i hope life is treating you all kindly and yeah i just hope everyone's in a good place um we're still obviously amidst of the whole lockdown here in the uk we are kind of hopeful that things are going to kind of move on and progress from here in the coming weeks if not months um i think we're all kind of needing it as much as the next aren't we right now but whatever you're doing to survive and cope let me know how are you getting through the lockdown are you finding things that are keeping you occupied within your four walls um are you a key worker how are things going i want to hear from you let me know how you're doing and let me know let me know how things are going um so yes this week i just (laughs) i found my breaking point this week um i finally lost my temper I've had I've had enough now with a certain lady in my life. I'm sick of her. She's doing me head in. Um, it started off, I loved her very much to begin with, but now I'm bloody sick of her. She's doing me tits in, to be honest. Um, you might be thinking I'm talking about someone a bit closer to home, although she's in most of my rooms. I'm actually talking about the Alexa. Um, she's driving me mad. Um, when I very first got an Alexa, I thought it was great. For those of you who don't know what Alexa is, I'm sure most of you do. It's basically a virtual AI that you kind of sit in your room, you can speak to her, you can ask her what the weather's going to be like, you can ask her what time it is, um, you can set alarms, you can set reminders, you can do stopwatches, you can do all sorts with her. You can even add things to your shopping list. But as time's gone on, she's starting to grind my gears a bit. I wouldn't be without her. Don't worry, I wouldn't be without her, but she's doing me head in because I feel like I have to shout at her all the time. It's like she never listens to me when I just casually go, Alexa what time is it? She always just kind of like listens and then doesn't listen. And I end up going like, okay, uh, Alexa, what time is it? And then she like, doesn't listen again. I'm like, Alexa, <laughs> fucking hell, what time is it? <laughs> she does my head in. Is it just me or is she just becoming more lethargic and lazy as she grows into her AI genes? What is this about? Why do we have to constantly shout at her? What is this? Why has it become a slanging match? You're meant to love me. <laughs> But yeah, I just found myself shouting at her all the time. It's like the other day I was listening to some music and it asked for a track to be played. And um, I said it very clearly. I don't mumble when I speak. I speak very clearly and I asked for a particular track, which usually she has absolutely no issue in finding. I think it was Rainbow Connection by the Muppets. I mean, there's not many Rainbow Connections out there, to be perfectly honest. But no, she was just useless. And I was like, Alexa... Play Rainbow Connection by the Muppets. And she's like, hmm, I don't know that one. I was like, for fuck's sake. I was losing my temper. It was like I'd fallen out with a friend. I got so annoyed with her. Um, uh, so, yeah, she's just doing me head in. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be without her because she's like my alarm clock. Um, 
sets reminders, makes my life a little bit easier when she listens. But is it just me, or are these AIs becoming idle? Are they not doing what we're telling them to do? Or are we getting too used to telling them what to do? Is that the problem? Is it us? Is the AIs finally having enough? Is this going to be the takeover of the AIs? Is how it's going to begin? I don't know. I mean, don't get wrong. There's some fun shit you can do with her as well. You can ask her stupid things like this. I've got her right here. Um, Alexa, tell me a funny joke. She's going to prove me right here, isn't she? Not listening. She's right here. Alexa, tell me a joke. This is my point. See? Now watch this. Watch this. Are you ready? Alexa, tell me a joke. What does a vampire use as payment? Cryptocurrency. Do you see what I had to do? I had to raise my voice. I didn't want to do that, Alexa. You made me shout at you. I don't want to shout at you. <laughs> I'm done shouting. I'm a peaceful kind of guy. But you have to constantly shout at her. And before anybody says she's not in an awkward place, she's not anywhere she shouldn't be, um, she's open, all her sensors and speakers and microphones are on view. Um, she's just an ignorant cat. She's doing me head in, to be perfectly honest. But I suppose she's useful in some in some ways too. Let's have a look. Here we go. That's such a stupid shit. Here we go. Alexa, are you married? Alexa, are you married? I've had enough of her. You've completely sport it now. I'm done. I'm muting her and I'm putting her back on the side. She's useless. I'm, I want rid of her. She's doing me head in now. But yeah, this is what is it? I think I think we're getting. Oh, she's just blurted off in the background. I don't know if you heard that. If that she's happily single. You'll be happily living in the garden if you carry on with your lip. I'll throw you out the fucking window. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, our AI is becoming... Are we getting too used to being having these things or are they just, just being a bit rebellious? I don't know, but let me know if you've got an Alexa and let me know if you have better luck than I do because she's doing my nutting, to be perfectly honest. Anyway, we're going to jump straight into this week's um, news stories. Yeah, we're going to jump straight in. So here we go. First one going. Let's have a bit of a look. So this the first headline reads... Uh, McDonald's customers left open-mouthed as worker shows how they track drive-through orders. I am so glad I'm going to be reading this because I've wondered about this for a long time. I actually asked a member of staff, I was like, how do you possibly, when it's manic like this and people are just pushing in front of everybody else in the drive-through, how on earth do you man whose order is who? And she just said, it's magic. That's what she said to me, it's magic. So now the magic is about to be revealed. Um, so the fast food chain deals with thousands of customers every day at their drive through But some people were left open-mouthed after a franchise store showed how they track your order. Right. Uh, da -da -da -da. McDonald's in Liverpool went viral after they released a video on TikTok showing how they take photos of customers as they drive through in order to track their orders. So it's as simple as that then, is it? They just take a photo of you. Uh, some people were left mortified and joked they'll need to start putting makeup on when they go to the drive-thru. Um, the video has now wrapped up on more than 300,000 views. Um, it begins with a photo at the ordered screen. Um, yeah, so basically take a photo of you when you very first order your food. And then it goes on to their system. And then when it comes to the drop-off point, 
um, it shows a picture of the person who placed the order. That's really boring. I was hoping there'd be some sort of wizardry involved, and there'd be some sort of like high tech system, but unfortunately not. It's just literally a photo. I mean, that's a sneaky thing to do, though, isn't it? Because I didn't know they did that. So I suppose it is sneaky in that regard. But yeah, it's as simple as taking a picture of you as you place your order. And then when it comes to collect at the very end, then obviously they've got your picture. They've got your mugshot to go alongside your food. That's megaly disappointing. I suppose it is quite easy when you think about it. It still must get a little bit com- complicated. Because I remember uh, some years ago when people used to do that thing where they'd push in front of you at the drive through and nick your food. And I'd actually seen that done quite a few times where the person would place the order and they'd be like next in line to collect the food. Someone would outcut them from the car park, pull up, steal their food and drive off. I've seen that done quite a few times myself actually. So I'm guessing that photo thing wasn't in play back then. But yeah, that's how they do it people. I'm sorry that's a little bit boring, but they literally just take a photo of you at the drive through and then there you go, they've got your mug shot. So when you go and collect your food, they know if it's you or not. Right, next story. Escaped cow charges into hospital um, and attacks patients. Wow, I talk about a mad cow. Jeez. Anyway, an escaped cow ran inside a hospital and attacked its patients, knocked over chairs and caused general panic within the hospital grounds. CCTV from the waiting room shows how the animal got inside and started running around like a mad cow. I had that bit in. Um, they said like a bull in a china shop. That's a bit boring, isn't it? <laughs> a group of people inside ran into a corner for safety, but were soon followed by the crazed cow that then slammed into them at some force. In the video, the cow falls several times, allowing some patients to escape but leaves an injured woman trapped on the floor as two men manage to grab the animals and the animal and lead her and pull it away to safety. However, it charges at the woman again as a man follows and tries to coax it back before the cow is finally seen exiting the hospital as the woman begins to look for help. Right, there's a video here. I'm going to press play. They're probably going to... Oh, no, it's going to straight into it. No adverts. Wow, here we go then. So I'm watching the video now. The cow comes fucking flying in. Quite casually walks in, to be perfectly honest. Um, and it's, oh my God, it's just chugging people out. Yeah, it's having none of it. I was here before you. This is my appointment, not yours. <laughs> so yeah, he literally casually walks in and just starts beating the shit out of her out of um, the patients most of them get away but there's one lady looks to be fairly elderly and unfortunately gets a cheeky argy bargy slapped by the cow it's a huge do you know what cows are fucking huge aren't they i mean i know cows anyway not personally i don't go drinking with them although i do drink the milk oi oi um they are massive aren't they i don't think people quite realize how big a cow actually is I mean, they're not exactly a small-bodied animal either. They're fucking huge. Um, the poor lady, bless her, she's on the floor. The thing I've noticed, though, straight away, is when the cow casually walked into the waiting area, it did have some sort of, like, noose around its neck. So I'm guessing it's been kind of dragged along by... I'm guessing it's been dragged along by some sort of um, human outside of the hospital. So I'm guessing it's either a pet or it's some sort of escape from somewhere. And it's probably just had enough. It's a bit like elephants, isn't it? Elephants are really placid. But if you piss them off enough, they will kind of retaliate. 
Um, I'm pleased to report that no one seems to be seriously injured. But I tell you what, the car gave him a good one. Jesus, it stormed that bitch. It was like... And it's, it's crazy how casual it walks in. I wish you could see the video. It walks in so casual, and then it just finally goes, Oh, no, no! And it just flips. Crazy. Anyway, just thought I'd share that craziness with you. Uh, so the next story, this takes a bit of a sinister turn, this one does. So the next story, check this out for a headline. Are you ready? Husband found dolls in grave after his wife lied that she'd gave birth to two twins who sadly died. I'll give you a minute to let that sink in. Okay, are you ready? So a woman who told her husband she was pregnant with twins who who then died has been exposed as a liar after the case almost sparked a national scandal in Russia. Um, I won't mention the name of the lady, but she lies quickly snowballed. Uh, her lies quickly snowballed after she claimed to have received positive pregnancy tests. She told her then husband, who I won't name, um, seeing the joy it brought him, um, that she did not have the heart to tell him the truth. So basically, she told a little bit of a lie. And then it snowballed into something crazy to the point where... Let's carry on with the story. Explaining her actions, she said, I saw how happy my husband was when I told him that I was pregnant. I didn't want to upset him and therefore decided to lie to him about our... To lie to him and to our relatives by faking an entire pregnancy. Um, I didn't have a clear plan. Um, Sometimes I felt as if my tummy was growing. I felt as if I was pregnant. In January, I went to have... A look at the baby's cots. It's hard to explain. From one hand, I knew it wasn't right and I wasn't pregnant, but I just couldn't stop pretending and faking the lie. Uh, she even went as far as renting a flat near the maternity hospital, claiming she gave birth on February the 3rd, but then said they died on Tuesday from a cerebral, cerebral hemorrhage. Jesus Christ, this is dark. She added, on the same day my husband told me that we had to bury the babies at his family's graveyard. It was at a funeral where the dolls were wrapped in shrewds that the mother, in brackets, lied, lies started to unveil. This is a bit mental. I can't get my head around this. It's telling me too much too quick. So the husband said, my cousin told me, bro, are they... Bro, they are still people. We need to do this. It's the human way. We need to see their faces before we bury them. Right, okay. So I guess some uh, in religious cult, uh, in religion, not cults, <laughs> in religion, in some religions, it's it's um, it's nature to have the face unveiled, isn't it? I know Irish like to do that as well because I know I've, I've been to a few family members' funerals where. They've had an open casket. So I'm guessing that the yeah the guy suggested that we need to see the faces of the babies. Um, when I opened when I opened the face of the first baby and saw there were no eyes, I asked, what is this? And as I began to open the face of the second one, the same thing happened. That's when I realised it was a doll. Oh my God, that is mental. So I'm guessing this is ongoing. It looks like this is ongoing because there's very much there's not very much more after that. So basically, uh, a, a a girlfriend, no, a wife told a white lie to a husband, which then brought him bags of joy. 
I mean, it's a bit of a stupid thing to say anyway, isn't it? Oh, I'm pregnant when you're not. But she did that. It made him very happy. So rather than just telling the truth, she went along with the lie. Um, to the fact that she was having twins, and then she to the that's that, that's mental. That's that can't be real. That cannot be real. That's fucking insane. So yeah, he was duped into believing he had twins that died days afterward. And then when it came to actually burying the babies, or alleged babies, that's when he discovered they were dolls. Now, surely she should go to prison for that. That's not... That, that, that's got to be prison time, that has. That can't be... That, that's mental. There is a video, but if I'm honest with you, I don't think I want to watch it. I'm guessing it's the... Uh, where she gets busted. I don't really want to watch it, so I'm not going to, because my head's all over the place with that story in itself. Um, yeah, I guess different cultures do different things in different ways, I suppose. But, um, yeah, it just seems a little bit messy, that does. A little bit crazy. So I think we're going to move on pretty quickly from that. Anyway, next story. Jesus, that was crazy. Uh, three saved from deserted island after living on coconuts and rats for almost a month. Okay. So three Cubans have been rescued from a deserted island in the Bahamas after reportedly living on coconuts and rats for almost 33 days. Uh, The trio were airlifted to safety by the US Coast Guard on Tuesday after being spotted waving flags during a routine air patrol. Various local media reports suggested that the group had lived on coconut shells um, and rats while struggling to find fresh water to drink. The two men and a woman told rescuers that their boat had capsized in rough waters between Cuba and Florida, leaving them stranded on um, stranded on a small island. In a tweet, the Coast Guard explained, rescued three Cuban nationals standing on Al- Anguilla Cay. A helicopter crew transferred the two men and one woman to Low Keys Medical Center with no initial injuries reported. That is crazy. Um, so, yeah, basically got themselves stuck on an island and they had to live on coconut artist photos. Jesus Christ, that's grim. Wow, that's a long time to be there when you think about it, isn't it? There's a video here. I'm going to watch the video. I hope there's no bloody adverts. Oh, wow. So the video is showing the helicopter going down and rescuing them. That's fantastic. That's a proper, like, castaway movie scene, that is. So the helicopter swoops down onto safe land. It's quite a big island, to be fair. Wow, that's fantastic. And obviously saves them. Wow, there's photos of, like, they've set up a little bit of a camp. Where obviously I'm guessing they were sheltering and, and sleeping. Um, it looks like, oh bless, it looks like the female's crying with, I can only assume, happiness of being rescued. There's like a helicopter photo. That's fantastic. So yeah, that that's, ends up really good. Um, the lieutenant who rescued said, I'm amazed that they were in such good shape. It just, it just shows that the human body is pretty extraordinary. Um... It was incredible. I don't know how they did it, if I'm honest. Me neither. That's fantastic. So it just shows you, though, if you put into a really, really, really life or death situation, we do have the means to carry on and survive, don't we? Fantastic. What a what a happy ending to a story, though, eh? I'm glad no one kind of perished in those conditions. That's amazing. Right. 
Last story. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm have a quick drink of water. Just one second. So, there we go. Last story. Before we get into some Dear Debbie Downer stuff. So, man rushed to hospital after putting a ring on his willy in a desperate bid to make it bigger. Yes, not lying. That's exactly what it says. Um, warning, graphic images to follow. I'm in. I'm in for the ride now. Um, <laughs> a man's penis was left uncontrollably swollen after he tried enlarging it with a metal ring for Valentine's Day. <laughs> he was trying to impress. Uh, the unnamed hopeless romantic wanted to impress his date and had heard a simple trick using only the contents of his toolbox could just do the trick. My goodness. Desperate measures and all that. Um, instead of a horror... Instead, a horror turn of events then happened when the metal ring became stuck, forcing medics to intervene and carefully slice through, drumroll, the metal with a metal cutter. <laughs> he told medics, I was terrified that I thought that my penis would have to be amputated. It all swollen up so much that I thought it had burst. <laughs> the man from Bangkok, what a place to be from when you've just banged your cock. Uh, Thailand be <laughs> believed that by putting his winky through a nut, as you do, it would enlarge and strengthen it, forcing the blood into the penile glands. Jesus Christ, they are not joking about the graphicness. It looks like he's got amps in a fucking headlock. Jesus Christ. Woo. Oh, my God. Gee, that's that's wrong in all sorts of... Wow, Jesus Christ. That I'd have saved that, I don't know. Uh, however, after using baby oil to slide it on his member, uh, the next day his winky started to swell. Well, no shit. Uh, he began experiencing excruciating pain as he found that he was unable to remove it. He called the emergency services on Saturday afternoon and after... Um, after a brief conversation of explaining that the nut had jammed around the base of his wee willy winky uh, since Friday morning, um, they arrived. The, host the, uh, the ambulance arrived at his house where he was soon rushed to hospital. Oh, Jesus. I wince in pictures. I've seen them. And a video. I'm not watching the fucking video. You can bollocks to that. <laughs> Probably the wrong choice of words there, but you can. Uh, shows how medics had to use a metal cutter to slice through the nut. I would not want to do that job. As the man clung to the bed rails in excruciating pain. Uh, the operation took over an hour. I'm not surprised. Jesus Christ. If it's anything to him, his willy looks bigger. I just guess he can't use it for about three years. Jesus, looks like it's been put through a mincer. Um, paramedics discovered the man's swollen member stuck in a tiny metal nut with a diameter of three centimetres and 1.5 centimetres thick. I'm hoping that's the nut and not his wee willy member. Uh, doctors used a handheld steel tool, a pair of pliers and a thin metal sheet to avoid the slide under the ring and avoid the man's skin from being caught bloody hell fire 
uh, rescue volunteers. I would not be volunteering to do that job. Uh, said that the man cried with pain throughout the one hour long cutting off process. I'm not surprised. I'm crying for him. My eyes are watering. Despite the painful procedure, the doctor and volunteers managed to remove the ring without leaving any permanent damage or any scratches to the man's penis. He was then given antibiotics and told not to be a twat again. That pretty much is what it says. Wow, what you'll do. So these poor people that were helping him out are volunteers. Have they really got no better to do than cut off nuts from people's nuts? Dreadful, dreadful. The images will stay on me forever. Ah, Jesus Christ. Horrible. Anyway, we're going to move on now to everyone's, or what appears to be most people's favourite part of the podcast. Um, I started doing these a good few weeks ago, and I've received nothing but really good feedback um, from them. So without further ado, we're going to jump into this week's segment of Dear Debbie Downer. So Debbie Downer, for those of you who are new to the podcast and don't know what it is, is basically my version of an agony aunt. We go on the interwebs, we do a bit of a Google Woogle, and we pull out some... um, agony aunt kind of articles we read them like they've written to me they haven't written to me that'd be crazy to ask relationship and life advice from me um but we read them and we answer them like they have so here we go straight in we're going to jump straight in and we're going to go for this one to begin with um so headline reads dear debbie dan my husband's I would agree to cookies here one sec. Yes, I love cookies. There we go. Uh, My husband's revelation that he used to go to strip clubs has dented my confidence. Okay. Dear Debbie Downer, my husband's revelation that he used to go to strip clubs with his workmates has since dented my confidence in my looks. I'm 52 and he's 55 because we all know how important it is to to know our old Joe. It's very important with these stories, apparently. Um... And used to work in London a lot, which is where he would visit these so-called gentlemen's clubs. I've also discovered he's looked at porn for years. We were watching TV recently, and there was a strip club scene with naked girls dancing around the poles. I bet that was a good TV program. Um, I knew my husband was probably excited, so I picked an argument with him, saying, I bet he wished the girls were all over him. That's a bit of a petty thing to say, lady. <laughs> he says he only wants me, but I feel as though I am not good enough. Um, right. So, yeah, um, I'm going to obviously I'm going to poke fun to begin with. Um, blokes, what can we what can I say? We're filthy. We like the nakedness. What could we say? Um, I don't really want to sit here and go. Um, all blokes are the same, but we pretty much are. We're pretty simple. We like feeding. We like a little bit of nut-nut, and we like a bit of nakedness every now and again. <laughs> it's just how we are. Um, I don't think... I think you probably... For a start, you were picking for a fight there. You said it yourself, that you you sat there watching telly, and something happened to come on the telly, and then, boom. I bet you'd like to be there rather than here, wouldn't you? I bet you'd love to be all over those women. I bet you'd love it, wouldn't you? You'd rather be there than with me, wouldn't you? You just picked a fight out of nowhere, let's be honest. You did. You just started an argument for nothing. You did that thing, didn't you, that we've all done, that we shouldn't do, and you started a fucking argument for notes, and now you've got to reap the consequences. Um, I don't think you can knock him for his past. Um, if you are obviously uncomfortable with it, then obviously I, I assume the that your husband respects that and no longer goes to these places, but you can't really have a go at him 
for um, what he did previously. Um, and uh, to defend men, we do like we do like a bit of filth. What can I say? We just that's just how we are. Um, don't take offence to it. It's nothing personal. We're very simple. We're a simple species who like the simple things in life, and we do like a bit of na- nakedness. That's all I'm going to say. We like it. We like a bit of the naked. Um, it doesn't mean that we want to run away with the next naked person. It just simply means that we are hot-blooded males that like to look a little bit of nudie. <laughs> On a slightly more serious note, to the to the ladies' kind of screams for help here. Um, obviously, you've got confidence issues. I think we all have our own demons, don't we? And this poor lady seems to have confidence issues. So, um, and maybe that's something that we can that you can. I'm about to say there's something we can work on. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> I'm not working on nothing. Uh, but I, I guess that's something both you and your husband can work on. Um, it seems to me that you've kind of barked up a tree for no reason there. Um, He's, he's, he obviously loves you, and you obviously love him. You've just done that silly thing where you've started an argument for nothing. But yeah, don't judge us too heavily. We're just we're just a little bit weird. So what can I say? <laughs> anyway, next story. Uh, my 13-year-old stepdaughter is hanging out with an older guy who seems to use drugs. Okay. Dear Debbie Downer, my 13-year-old stepdaughter is hanging out with a, a 16-year-old boy he uses cannabis, and I'm worried sick. She's had problems. She was taken away from her mother to live with her dad when she was 11 because of her mum's mental health and addiction issues. I'm 43. Thank you for letting me know how old you are. Very important. Um, and got together with her dad, who is 50, four years ago. I've told her I don't want her seeing this boy, but she doesn't seem to listen. He lives two doors down, and I've seen him smoking the weed every day. And I know he's been excluded from school. I've caught her googling oral sex on her laptop, and I'm scared that she's getting into sexual stuff with him. I also worry that she'll get into drugs as well, trying to impress him. What can I do? Um, well, you've got to take into consideration she's 13. <clears throat> so by right. Um, you're still, I say you, I don't mean this in a horrible way, but you are stepmom. But the dad is very much still in control of what she does or doesn't do. Um, I'm proper old school with parenting. I'm a good, I'd like to think I'm a good dad. I'm fair on the most part. Um, sometimes I can overreact. Again, um, old school style that I am. I was raised by my mum and my grandparents um, and my stepdad. Uh, my mum and my stepdad were pretty lax with me, to be perfectly honest. But I knew that my nana and granddad, they were the ones that I couldn't really let down or not impress. Um, my grandma was very, very old school, very strict, um, Irishman. And if I upset him, I knew about it. It was that simple. So within reason, um, you can very much still dictate what she does and doesn't do. Um, and that's what you kind of need to do. She's 13. Um, still, a, still a young child in my eyes. Um, obviously, you have to respect her. Don't talk down on them. Um, talk on their level. But at the same time, if you don't want them kicking about with a 16-year-old lad a few doors down, then she's not going to be kicking around with a 16-year-old lad smoking weed a couple of doors down. It is that simple. Um, whip the old belt. I don't mean round of chops, but str- just tighten up those belt buckles and don't um, let her walk all over you. Ground her. Keep her away. Um, and hopefully the phase will pass. Um, I can't speak for the 13-year-old girl, because funnily enough, I've never been a 13-year-old girl, uh, so I can't speak for her, 
but I'm sure there's more to it that meets the eye if you did speak to her. Maybe she's got a little bit of a a bit of a crush, um, but if you're not in a position, and rightfully so, considering she's 13, then it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen, girlfriend. Don't let it happen. It is not as simple as that, because that's far from simple. But you are definitely very much um, well within your right to look out for her well-being. She is still a kid, and um, yeah, boys are... Like we just said, boys are boys. And yeah, I can definitely see your concerns there. I'm going to leave that on a little bit more of a serious note, that one. I'm going to move on to the next story. Um, I'm planning a big future with my younger girlfriend, but I'm honestly worried that I won't satisfy satisfy her sexually. That's not an admission, by the way. That's how the story begins. So dear Debbie Downer, I'm planning a big future with my girlfriend, who is much younger than I am, and I'm concerned that I won't satisfy her between the sheets. Are you ready for it? What's coming next, everybody? They're ages. I'm 61, and she's 44, and we met online. We've been talking on Skype every night since. She's Bulgarian, um, has two daughters, and she's a divorcee. She likes to come. She'd like to come and live in the UK with me. Um, I'm not even going to go into that side of it. Um, She's visiting me and staying with me as soon as this pandemic is over. I can't wait to see her face to face, but I'm really worried. She's going to want me to be as fit as men her age. And although my head says yes, oh yeah, I know my booty is going to say no. and, And I haven't had sex in a very long time. Have you got any advice for me? Stop bloody stressing. There you go. There's my advice. Stop bloody stressing. You're working yourself up with things that not happened. You might be a real stud between the sheets. You might be a love muffin. Who knows? Putting all this pressure on yourself. I'm not going to go into the um, the visa side of things here, but just bear that in mind too. Um, but yeah, you're worried about things that are not happening. Uh, I suppose it's kind of natural um as you get older to worry about these things but i don't think you've got nothing to worry about to be honest just enjoy yourself enjoy those filthy skype calls as well because we all know you're getting your kit off and being a perverted pair we all know it we all know it we know you're not just sitting there going oh hello how was your day today well i had three cups of coffee today (laughs) oh that's exciting and a muffin (laughs) i know full well what those skype calls involve and they don't involve clothes let's be perfectly honest Anyway, we're going to move on. Last one for this week's podcast. Um, Dear Debbie Downer, I feel guilty and can't move on after I cheated on my husband and he bloody killed him. Jesus. And he killed himself. Jesus Christ. Okay. Dear Debbie Downer. That's took a sinister turn again, hasn't it? Uh, uh, My quiet but happy marriage was blown apart four years ago when I started an affair with an ex with an ex-boyfriend and then later my husband killed himself I'm 34 thanks for clarifying your age when an ex-boyfriend invited me out for a catch-up we picked up we picked things up exactly where we left off and we started having sex Um, after a year of sneaking around I admitted everything to my husband and told him I was leaving. What is it with women being so bloody sneaky like that? Not just women. What is it with that? I don't get the. Don't get it. Don't. I don't want to carry on. Carry on. Late one night, two police officers arrived and informed me that my husband had killed himself. 
I am still all over the place and I feel so guilty. I love my boyfriend, but now I don't know if I'm ready to settle down. He complains I blow hot and cold all the time. Well, I don't mean to be rude. You've got every right to feel guilty because I assume it wasn't just that. The guy probably had other issues, bless him, going on behind the scenes. Um, but it's not justified. No one should ever end the life. But it is justified that you feel guilty because you bloody well should because that's a rotten thing to do. I mean, if you'd gone away, met up with an ex, what the hell were you doing that for anyway? Let's just say it was a one-night fling and you'd done it on the one night and then you admitted it to him and said, look, I'm sorry, can we work on solving it and fixing it? I didn't mean to do it sort of thing then maybe it would have been a different outcome. But the fact in this article that you've said, after an entire year of you sneaking about and being an absolute shithead, you kind of came clean and then said, I don't want to be with you anymore. Well, you deserve the guilt. I'm sorry, you deserve it. Um, just I mean, imagine what kind of position your poor husband would have been in, feeling those sort of feelings um, and having to deal with that. It's a rotten thing that you did. And yeah, you deserve the guilt. I'm sorry. I can't say anything nice about that. I'm actually quite intrigued as to what the agony aunt actually said here. So I'm going to actually flick there. She's probably going to give it a real mellow, yellow sort of tone, isn't she? But I'm going to read what the agony aunt actually said to that. Because I can't help but feel gutted for the poor guy there. Um. So, the agony aunt has said, When somebody takes their life, it is normally because of a pre-existing mental health issue like depression. Um, I'm attaching my support pack here about bereavement. Okay, lovely bit of self-advertisement. Once you have addressed your issues around your late husband's death, you will find it easier to move on. That's literally all she is saying. It's rotten, that is. It's a horrible story. Absolutely horrible story. Um... Of course, for someone to take their own life, they're already in a very, very dark place mentally. Um, I'm not saying that that was the... Um, I'm not saying it was a happy-go-lucky sort of guy. Then that happened and then everything went downhill. But obviously that plays a huge part in that guy's well-being. And I can't help but feel sorry for his family. That's um, a really horrible position for them to be in. And um, the fact that the cheating wife feels guilty. I'm glad you feel guilty. You deserve to feel guilty. That's a horrible, horrible position for anybody to be placed in. Now, I'm not saying that it's your fault, but you definitely contributed to that guy's well-being. And, um, yeah, that's a horrible place for that guy, poor guy to be. So in this story, I'm sorry, I don't feel too sorry for the lady here. I just feel dreadfully sorry for the loss of an innocent life. And the family that have now got to face that life without that guy. Yeah, dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Anyway, I was going to leave it there. But that's a really, really, really shitty story to leave it on. So I'm actually not going to do that. I'm not going to do that at all. What I am going to do is I'm going to say to people, I've echoed this a few times. I'm going to echo it again. Um, if you do find yourself in a position where you kind of feel boxed in, um, the lockdown definitely contributes to that feeling. Um, if you do find yourself in a place where you don't feel like you've got anybody that you can turn to and talk to and you feel like not being ignored but some people are not hearing you, um, and you or you don't quite know how to turn, then please don't go it alone. Seek help. Um, it's not a sign of weakness to find help when you need it most. It really isn't. 
we're all, we all at some point in our life, I think we'll all experience some sort of mental health issue, whether it be depression, whether it be worry, anxiety, whatever it might be. Whatever it might be, you're going to probably experience it. And I think it's really important, collectively, that we all kind of look out for the signs of the people that mean most to us in the world. Even a stranger on a bus. I remember years ago, <clears throat> I was on a bus, I was only a kid, I was only about 15, 16, and there's this lady just crying on the bus, just crying. Um, she must have been in, what, in her 40s? And I remember sitting there and just thinking in my head, I, I, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to do. And I couldn't not do nothing because that's just not how I am. Um, so, yeah, I, I spoke up and asked if she was okay, and she offloaded. She says, oh, oh, not really, not really. I says, oh, do you, want to talk, do you want to talk about it? And she offloaded. She talked about her money problem. She was, she was in rent arrears. Her relationship was basically on the rocks. Everything, just she offloaded massively. And I just listened. I was only a kid. I just sat there and I just listened to her. Um, and at the end of it, she went, I'm so sorry for just throwing that all over you. I'm so sorry. I went, no, no, it's, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. That's that's kind of what it's all about. It's about it's about finding that um, that help when you need it most, um, and not ignoring it. It's so easy, especially when you're a bloke. I do find as a bloke, we're designed, or at least we're expected, to kind of be a certain way. We're supposed to be the people that just kind of carry on, um, and just kind of show no signs of weakness. Almost, we're meant to be the providers. Um, we're meant to be the strength of the home, not exclusively. I'm not bashing anybody here. I'm not calling. A, um, I'm not calling anybody here. But we are. We, we, we're very much. I find it myself. When people go, "You're okay?" I go, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? And I flip the question back on the person, rather than kind of go, "Actually, I'm not. I'm not actually all right." You know, um, you fancy a coffee? Should we have? Should we want to have a coffee and have a chat? But whatever it is that you're facing, don't go it alone. Um, there are, there are loads of places that you can call and seek help. Uh, I'm actually going to get some phone numbers right now. Give me a second. I'm going to get... Um, I'm going to get some phone numbers in. I'm going to talk... So every time I put phone numbers on the podcast in the description, they get removed because you're not allowed to advertise in the description. Um, and most places... Right, so we're going we're gonna to talk. So, firstly, there's obviously the Samaritans. You can talk to them just about anything. Just about anything you can talk to them about. Now, the number that I'm getting when I Google it is 116123. Now, I've never called the Samaritans. Um, I would have needed to, but I've never called them. I don't know if that's a national number or that's just something in the UK. But apparently, that is open 24 hours. And, that, again, that is 116123. They will talk to you, they will help you, they will listen to you. Um, they won't be able to fix the problem instantly. They're not miracle workers, but it is a problem shared. So definitely reach out and seek help if you need to. Um, I think this whole global situation that we're all in <clears throat> is really testing the best of us. It really is. It's testing us to our absolute limits. Um and there is light at the end of the tunnel. There definitely is. We are definitely working our way through it. But in the process of that, there's a lot of repair that's got to go into this afterwards. Um, a lot of things have been knocked and knocked sideways. And I think we're in a position now where collectively we need to look out for each other, you know. We really do need to look out for each other. 
So without echoing, repeating myself, um, I'm going to give you a few numbers here. So the Samaritans, again, um, is 116123. You can also email them at joe, which is jo at samaritans.org. Again, that's jo at samaritans.org. Um, there's a company called Calm, which stands for Campaign Against Living Miserably. Um, you can you can visit their website, actually, and do a web chat, which is really handy, because a lot of people struggle actually speaking out loud or maybe haven't got the facilities to speak out loud on the phone. So there is something on their website. So if you Google Calm, um, which is C-A-L-M, it stands for Campaign Against Living Miserably, and they will offer you a web chat. Um, you can also call them, which is 0800 58 58 58. One more time, that's 0800 58 58 58. And that's open from 5pm to midnight every single day. Um, if you are younger, if you're a younger listener, and you're experiencing uh, problems that you don't know who to turn to to talk to, you can also call Childline. Now, that's not just aimed at people that are having problems within the home. That is also for people or children that are struggling, that need a voice to speak to outside of the home. Maybe you can't feel you can talk to your mum. Maybe you don't feel you can talk to your dad. Um, it's aimed for children um, under the age of 19, I believe. I'm pretty sure it's 19, or is it 18? I'm pretty sure it's 19, to be fair. Um the phone number for that one is 0800 1111. That's 0800 1111. It's Childline, and they will help you if you are 19 or below and need help. Uh, one more. I think it's important to get these numbers out there, so I'm sorry. Um, there's one that you can actually text, which is great. Uh, message a text line. If you don't want to talk to someone over the phone, that's fine. These text lines are open 24 hours a day, every single day, which is an absolutely phenomenal service. Uh, shout Crisis Text Line is what they're called. Um, if you text the word SHOUT, which is S-H-O-U-T, to 85258, again, that is 85258, they will text you back and you will be linked to an advisor who will be able to help you and listen to your problems. There we go. That's pretty much everything. Um, yeah, I'm sorry that took a bit of a dark sinister turn, but I do think it's really important that we kind of look out for each other and we kind of do the little thing that we can do. Um, so I do hope if one of you out there do need that little bit of extra guidance and that little bit of help, I'm hoping this is kind of that starting point. I'm hoping this is your stepping stone. Um, use it. It's there for you. Use it wisely, my friends. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So, there we go. That's this week's podcast wrapped up in a nutshell. If you want to reach me, um, you can also contact me in anything to do with the, anything at all to do with the podcast, whether you want a guest appear on the podcast, whether you want a sponsor, affiliations, whatever it might be, anything of a professional matter to do with this podcast, you will find me over on outofwaterpodcast at gmail.com. One more time, that is outofwaterpodcast at gmail.com. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and I will see you all next week. So take care and until next time, toodly doo.